Let me, let me pray because I want to, I wanna, it's sometimes challenging to be so casual about announcements and whatnot, and then we move into the word. So, Father, thank you, Lord, that I understand my role as the middleman. I'm just delivering what you've given to me to give to them. May sheep be well-fed today, not just today, but no Snickers, but may there be some red meat, some filet, some protein, some good chicken that just is meat and it, and it strengthens and transforms. It causes us to be able to stand up and be strong in a time when many are growing weak and they're spiritually famished. So Lord, let the anointing that makes preaching fun and easy and effective, transformative, where the, the anointing that makes everybody realize that wasn't Pastor Chuck talking. God was speaking to me today. Your word is alive. It's already anointed. Anoint our hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to begin the series, and I'm just pray for me. I'm going to be tempted. You know how I am, like, to preach all three weeks on the first Sunday. I'm going to try and stay focused and just give you an introductory. I really am excited about this series, and I think it's, it's simple and practical. But I just want to get us started off on the right foot today and I know that the Lord is going to encourage and he's going to speak to and challenge and, and your response is going to bring a level of breakthrough even this week as we consider his words that we see in Matthew 24, Mark 13 and also in Luke 21. Now you may remember Mark, Matthew 24 is the passage that gets the most um, pub publicity and that's where Jesus describes the end time, kind of the apocalyptic times. In, um, in Mark 13, we're actually told that Jesus was answering some questions. Now remember, he, was, he said, as the people were going, wow, the temple is awesome. They were impressed with a physical structure that housed the presence of God. And, and they had gotten their eyes off the wrong thing. And Jesus said, the time is coming when this thing, not a single brick, is going to stand on another. It's going to be obliterated. Well, that got the disciples' attention. Apocalyptic times, that's wow. That's going to happen right here in Jerusalem. In Mark 13, verse 3 and 4, it says, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, John, and Andrew ask him privately, tell us, when will these things be and what will the sign be when all these things will be fulfilled so like you and me we would ask wow when is this going to happen and how can we know it's about to happen when will it happen and how will we know it's about to happen apocalyptic times and we're in a season like that as well now I know and if you're a bible student you understand that there is some controversy about these passages. Like what part refers specifically to Rome coming in in AD 70 and destroying Jerusalem and the temple? And what part relates to us now? And there is some that relates to that season in this passage. And I think there's some that relates to the season that we're in. I think there's a dual meaning personally. And I think, hear me, okay, because I don't want anybody who's a deep theological student to get, get me wrong. Regardless of what this, each verse was addressing, we're in a season like they were facing, and the instructions Jesus gave are appropriate for us to heed. When he said, when these things begin to happen, Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. And we're going to break that down. There's some powerful meat on the bone as we consider what Jesus was saying. Now, there's something very practical in this apocalyptic passage for us to, to glean from. It's very practical, and it's this. How to gain the right perspective in a season when everything is going crazy. 
What's the right mindset, the right perspective? And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, in our text, Luke chapter 21, specifically, it's verse 28, but we're going to read starting from verse 25. The New King James Version says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, look at these things, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, from present fear and an anxiety, a crippling anxiety about what is going to happen. Verse 26, verse 27, let me back up. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Um, And so heaven is involved in all of this. God's not sleeping or slumbering as Psalm talks about. He's involved in all the apocalyptic items and things that were taking place. Verse 27 Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. How many of you look forward to that? Come on. Verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Now everybody look. When these things begin to happen, he's saying something he doesn't say. When you see these things, when you are aware of these things, so we're in... You're going to be engaged, not denying reality. Some Christians do that. When you see these things, you don't avoid knowing them. Like, for instance, what what happened this week with the Georgia Guidestones. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm thankful for what happened, and I don't care how it or why it happened. I'm thankful it happened. What I'm alarmed by is how many believers don't even know about the Georgia Guidestones, and what they are. Now, please refrain from Googling right now and spending the next 30 minutes finding out about it. Because I know if, you do, if you're not, you'll be tempted to. But these are the things. So he says, when these things, ha- when you see these things, so again, we're not denying reality. We're looking up in the mess of reality, looking up, getting the right perspective, Because our redemption draws nigh. Come on, somebody. We praise you, Lord. May we gain the the ability and the discipline to have a knee-jerk reaction. When we see these things, we look up and we have a posture of worship and prayer. This version, or this verse, the English Standard Version says, now when these things begin to take place, this is actually closer to what the word actually means. It says, Look at this. Straighten up and raise your heads. It's more than just look up. It's like, everybody listen, collect yourself. Get yourself together. Straighten up and get your spine to look up. Collect yourself. And this is what we're talking about. Hallelujah. And the Lord has helped us do this. My faith has never been more real to me than it has in the last two and a half years. Leading this church, him him being so gracious, his presence being so real, his voice being so clear. I've been able to go, we're not shrinking back, nor are we bombastic acting like we know what's going on. We don't, but we do know. In fact, coming when school, the kids come back to school, I'm going to get back into six more weeks of this is that teaching. Because what we're seeing, even today, it's, it's uncanny. The things that we are seeing today, the Bible said, would happen. Like specifically, it's incredible. So we are straightening ourselves. Get, get your act together and look up. When you see, you're aware, you know what. We don't live like this or like this. We live like this, in the world, not of it, engaged, but looking up. Amen? Now... Getting the right perspective. Straighten up and raise your heads. Jesus, before we get to this verse 28, he he gives us a description of the age. And I want you to see three things specifically that he mentions. The first is 
that there will be religious delusion in verse 8 of Luke 21. And he said, take heed that you not be deceived. Everybody say deceived. That is not having the right information, not interpreting the data correctly. People are misled. And have you ever heard the term misinformation, disinformation more? That's, that is characteristic of this age. And Jesus says, take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Everybody look. This is not necessarily people going, I'm the Messiah, I'm Jesus. It will be people saying, I know what we need to do. I have the answer. This will fix the world's problems. And that will happen. And we're seeing, we're on the cusp of that. So the first thing that we see is a religious delusion in the apocalyptic time. And so Jesus, he's the one that tells us, here's my instruction. Do not be deceived. Everybody look here. We're an anomaly, this church is, and I know many of you are students of the word, but by and large, the Western church is not biblically literate. How do you stay free, listen, from being delusional or being deceived you need to know the be in the word know the word stay full of the holy spirit so that you can obey the word and those three things god will get you the right intel if you stay in his word full of his spirit and you're obeying what he's telling you to do anybody out there know what i'm talking about it's true he will reveal it to you he'll get it to you out of left field he'll begin to speak to you You'll learn things that you need to know because you're his children and he doesn't want you to be deceived. So the first is religious delusion. The second is he mentions an international distress. Verses 9 through 11. But when you hear of wars and commotions or rumors of wars, and my goodness, are we hearing rumors of wars like never before? And we're not hearing the real truth about these wars? Do not be terrified, Jesus said. So first he says, don't be deceived. Second he says, don't be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nations. Interesting, the word here is ethnos. Nation will rise, there will be a racial division, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and the rumor of food shortages and um, baby formula and toilet paper. That's the Bible, the B-A-P-C, the Bible according to Pastor Chuck. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Next week, I'm gonna, I'll probably play some of the videos of people protesting the Roe v. Wade overturn. And when you see these, these are not human. These are not human responses. If you've seen some of these, you can, it's the devil. These are demonic um, responses to instill and inspire fear and intimidate. And um, so we're seeing these things, international distress. The third thing that we see that Jesus mentions is religious persecution. Now pay attention. Verses 12 through 15, it's official or governmental persecution. In verses 16 through 19, it's personal. Even families will turn on each other. Are we seeing that or what? So Jesus says, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines, pestilence, there will be fearful signs. I just read this. From heaven... But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers, listen, for my name's sake. And I love verse 13. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. And I, I could park right here, but like Jack, the transition you're in, it's a, it, it's a setup. 
for a comeback. And it's not a setback. People who know you are going to see what God's doing and, and it's going to be a testimony. And in all these situations, like for me, I, I've said I'm not looking to pick a fight with anybody. That would be foolish. You know, to say things that just, from a spiritual standpoint, aggravate, you know, and, and stir up the demonic. Some people do that foolishly. But I'm not going to shrink back. I've told you for a year and a half, I have counted the cost. I've counted the cost for real. Even in Virginia, some of the things we faced. I will go to any extreme to say what I believe God wants to say. I will say it lovingly, and you all know my heart. I usually say it with tears in my eyes because I feel his anointing, him speaking through me. And if it puts me somewhere, I pray that we're in Acts chapter 12, 5 church. If for whatever reason I'm behind bars or held up, I pray. You know what the Bible says? While Peter was kept in prison, the church was earnestly praying. What is it, like 12 verses later, he's knocking on the door and nobody wants to go because they're praying so loud for him. Then Rhoda finally goes and opens the door and she slams it in his face. The answer to what they were praying for is now there. How many of you, how many of you know we serve in Acts chapter 12, verse 5 kind of God? He might, we, we, we need to be prepared for super, here come next week. We are, we are living in an Old Testament story with New Testament equipment. I didn't read that anywhere. We've got the Holy Spirit. We have, the tomb is empty. Those people in the Old Testament, Noah, he didn't know what was coming. He didn't know Jesus was going to spit in mud. Y'all understand? We're living an Old Testament story with New Testament equipment. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord. Come on. So, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Verse 14. Therefore, settle it. Count, count the cost in your hearts. Not to meditate beforehand. And this is the third thing we'll see Jesus say. He says, don't be deceived. Don't be afraid. And right here he's saying... Don't worry. Don't worry. He's telling them, when you're called before kings and governors, don't worry about what to say. My spirit will, will get in your mouth and speak through you. Look what he says. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. How many of you wish that had happened to you 30 years ago? <laughs> verse 19, this is another great verse. This could be a whole week right here. By your patience, possess your souls, your mind, will, and emotions. By patience, possess your souls. So these are the three things Jesus says are coming. Re religious delusion, international distress, and religious persecution. And here's what he says. Look here. Take a picture of this or write it down. His response for all three of these. And they're pretty overwhelming. It sounds pretty ap uh, apocalyptic, right? He says, do not be deceived. Do not be afraid. And do not worry. And right now, every, brothers and sisters, I feel... This is, a, this is a launching for a, a series that's going to speak to us. And I say to you, may this be imparted from God's word. Do not be deceived, Restoration Church. Do not be afraid, Restoration Church. Do not worry, Restoration Church. How many of you, come on, just say, I receive it. Hallelujah. I picked out this shirt for today. Y'all see it? Y'all see it online? Give us thumbs up or something. Send 100 bucks to us or something. Faith over fear. Come on. Son. Faith over fear. Do not be deceived. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. 
Do not worry. Don't do it. Not a little bit. It's not okay. It's not your inheritance. It will rob you of your joy. Fear masquerades as wisdom. Fear will make you think, well, I'm being cautious. Fear will make you think you're the only responsible one in the whole church. Don't let fear masquerade as wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad for his grace on Restoration Church? I feel his presence in here this morning. Now, things are happening that are very... And these things that are happening that disturb us greatly, we're all seeing them, and they're out of our control. We're hearing terms like New World Order, the Great Reset, and other bizarre apocalyptic terms. There's great division and confusion, like I said. I mean, pinch yourself. We're getting inoculated already. It's getting crazier and crazier and crazier. You are actually going to go on TV and tell us we need to do away with the word mother in the dictionary and call them birthing parent. How many of you are going to call your mommy, mommy the rest of your life? Mother, honey, grandma. Amen? It's crazy. These things are happening, but they're out of our control. If you try to control them, You'll be frustrated. So what do you do, Pastor Chuck? You look up in prayer. You look up in worship. Get the biblical perspective. Follow the instructions that Jesus offered in these passages. Do not be hearers of the word only this morning. Be doers. Absorb the word of God this morning. You look up. When you get your eyes on the wrong... Get your, collect yourself, straighten yourself back up and get the right perspective and look up, look up. Things that we will be aware of. When will these things begin to happen? It's things that we see, we look up. When things begin to happen that really disturb us and we're type A North Atlantans, we need a commode fix, we know who to call. We've got the money to get a plumber out there if we don't, we know how to go to YouTube. We can fix anything. Am I right? We control stuff. We like convenience and comfort. And the things that are happening right now are disturbing our nest. There's thorns. When these things begin to happen to everybody, when your job, when you don't do what they told, well, everybody else has done, done it. If you don't do it, you're not going to get promoted. You might, you might be on thin ice. You might be like the National Guard and have to take a pay cut. When all that stuff starts happening, do not fight back in the flesh. You look up in worship. You look up in prayer. You trust the Lord. Do not be afraid. Do not be deceived. Do not worry. You trust him. It might be a setup for him to show a couple thousand people in your company how awesome your God is. He might have been waiting for the last 15 years to reach some people who are watching you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So look up, straighten up. And I, I want you to see this. This is an unusual word here. It's used two other times in the New Testament. This look up. Interestingly, it's in John chapter 8 where the woman at the well, who I'm not woman at the well, the woman caught in the act of adultery, preached about it a couple weeks ago. It's the only other time this look up phrase is used in the Greek. And it's in verse 7 and verse 10. And you may remember in verse 7, the Bible says, when they came and accused the woman, Jesus, it says, he stooped down and began to write. And when the people began to, when the Pharisees kept chattering, what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit there and write? What are you going to do this woman? She was caught in the act. The Bible says, he straightened up. He looked at them. He said, hey, how about you? Who has no sin, you go ahead and throw the first stone. How many of you are glad Jesus knows how to look up, collect himself? The word knows how to say what the word needs to say. Then the Bible says, listen, watch, a second time. He stooped down again, and he began to write. The Bible says that he was writing, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, 
We don't know what he was writing, but it offended the religious crowd, and they began to leave from the oldest to the youngest. And the Bible says he noticed they were all gone. It was just him and the woman, and he looked up at her again. Hallelujah. He stood up, got himself, straightened himself up, and he said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, they're all gone. He said, does no one accuse you? She said, no, sir. He said, then neither do I. What am I saying? I believe this look up phrase in Matthew chapter 21, verse 38, that there is a stooping down in order to look up. What do I mean by that? I believe, and I didn't get this from anybody. This isn't somebody else's sermon. This is me and my study, so don't blame any of my sources. This is me. I believe that what, what we are to do in this hour is to humble ourselves, stoop down when all the religious and everybody, and we humble ourselves in worship and we look up. And that's what worship is. You can't worship until you humble yourself. I believe that it's also stooping down in prayer. How do you handle all these things that we can't control? And they're so disturbing. And they're wicked and evil. And it is apocalyptic. And we are in the last days. What do you do? Go on Facebook? Try and win an argument with people you can't win an argument with? No. You stoop down and you look up in prayer. And you pray to the God of heaven and earth, the maker of heaven and earth. And then he moves on our behalf as he brings us into situations He's getting ready to show the whole world he's still in control. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would say amen. That gives us the right perspective. And it is a faith-filled perspective. And when you look up and open yourselves to the realm of faith, you begin to see God's hand in these situations. You will begin even now to see the possibilities and the impossibilities being made possible in this hour. I know what I'm talking about. It's what motivates me. It's what keeps me excited about what's going on. You know, the pandemic, the political chaos, you know, if you're a pastor, this has been good for business. It causes people to, to wake up. It causes, it's causing people in churches to go, I don't feel anything when my pastor preaches. We're just gathering, going through the motions. I need something a little more than just a religious pick-me-up. It's been good. And when I stoop down in humility and begin to worship in this season, when I stoop down and begin to pray and we gather on Tuesdays and like we did yesterday morning, his glory comes. You begin to go, oh God, yes, we are the ecclesia. We're the called out, we're the ones, we are the governing body in the earth. And that's why we worship. And that's why we pray. I believe if the church, I've said this for two years, if the church will be the church, the culture will be transformed in all of this craziness. Satan is not going to have the last word if the body of Christ will humble themselves and look up and words, humble themselves and look up and, and spirit-filled, red, spirit red-hot, fervent praying. The Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it availeth much. How many of you thank God for the old King James Version? It, it gets a lot done. Come on, he's given us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose in the earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, a biblical, faith-filled perspective is so critical. I want everybody to have one that comes to restoration. My mother growing up, uh, my mom, she could see the positive in anything and anyone. It drove my dad crazy, especially when she would find the positive in something us children had done. And mom, at her funeral, I said it just last year, she, she would say this. If, if we heard her say it once, we heard it 100,000 times, she would say, when something bad happened, she would say, it'll work out, comma, 
It always does. Just like it'll work out. It always does. I was raised in a, the glass is half full house. And I know not everybody was. So you've got to learn a new reaction to trauma or hardship. But you need to. Because everybody should have been raised. It'll work out. It always does. Satan's checkmate is never check. It might be check. Might. But it's never checkmate. What's the worst thing that's ever happened on planet Earth? According to some, the death of Jesus on the cross. What's the greatest thing that's ever happened on planet Earth? The death of Jesus Christ. Satan never has a checkmate. Are y'all out there this morning? And so we have that. It'll work out. Roshan, I don't know how. It'll work out. It always does. You're carrying a heavy one. It'll work out. The glass is half full. And I, I just, I, are y'all ready for this? Y'all ain't ready for this. Tell us what this is. No, you just, just by faith, just trust your pastor. Y'all ready for this? We grew up, my mother, if Billy Graham was on TV or Oral Roberts, it didn't matter what, and we only had two channels, um, CBS and NBC. And if the weather was clear, we could get a snowy ABC. Anybody remember life before cable TV? How many of you thank God for it and wish we could go back to it? And, but my mother loved Oral Roberts. And we'll talk some next week. It's amazing, he and Kenneth Hagin, how as children they had like sicknesses that they weren't going to be able to live a normal life. And yet God raised them up. And here I am, 60 years later, talking about the song that, that they opened the Oral Roberts TV program every day with. Um, something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you. Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. And then when they felt a lot of faith, they go, something good is going to happen to you, happen to you. This very hour, not day, it's like right now. And you may laugh, but back then that was a, that was a legit cool worship tune, you know. It was Bethel, Hill Songs. It was something good. Don't Google that or YouTube it because it will look cheesy with a Casio and they're out on the Hawaiian beach doing an opener one. Don't do it, don't do it. I shouldn't have said it. My mother and my grandmother, Nana, she would get in the kitchen and when the Lord, she would, and she raised those three girls in the back room of her brother's little country store in Galax, Virginia. But I was raised in a, the glass is half. Truly, the glass wasn't yet even half full. But you couldn't tell my nana or my mama that. I know I sound old-fashioned. I, I don't even apologize. That's where I came from. That's my roots. My mother shouldn't have been saying, it'll work out. It always does. She should have been saying, I don't know. But she heard Oral Roberts. My mom and dad on their honeymoon went to an Oral Roberts crusade. <laughs> I mean, Wish your parents had gone to their honeymoon. <laughs> Something good is going to happen to you. Happen to you. Happen to you. Something good is going to happen to you. Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. Then I went to. Bill Gaither. What was out it? I just feel like something good is about to happen. 
I just feel like something good is on its way. He has promised that he would open all of heaven. And brother, it could be this very day. Are y'all out there? Listen, when God's people humble themselves and call on Jesus, they look to him expecting as they pray. Are y'all out there? Come on, I'm about to have church over. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, it could be, remember this, sister, it could be, brother, it could be this very day. In the, you may, that's corny. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Listen to me, listen. I feel like something good is about to happen in our nation and in our world. Don't, don't pay attention to the news. It ain't even news. Pay attention to what God by his spirit in his word is saying even to you. The Lord would say to you today, something good is going to happen to you and you and you. Turn and tell somebody, sing it. I don't care if you can sing. It's a joyful noise. Say it with me, Arvo. Come on, sing it out. Something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you, Jesus. How many of you know the, and the three verses are the woman at the well, blind Bartimaeus, and the woman caught in the act of adultery. How many of you are glad? They, they would sing that, Jesus of Nazareth, he passed by my way. Come on, receive it, receive it. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. He has promised. He has promised that he would open all of heaven. And brother, and brother, it could be this very day. When God's people, when God's people humble themselves and call on they look to him. They look to him expecting as they pray. Come on. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, it could be this very day. Hold on. I'm not trying to be cute. I really... I wouldn't sing those. You know it takes somebody who knows who they are to sing those songs in North Atlanta. But hear me. What that does, we've got too many churches. The glass is half empty. Oh, he did miracles. But the church, we haven't seen any. We don't know what God's going to do. Is he even aware? This is why David said, my, one of my professors, you remember uh, Dr. French, was it Ellen French, taught me wisdom literature, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. I pastored, the, the first church I pastored, they retired in C.E. French. Who, they spent years on the mission, raised five boys on the mission field. He came to me one Sunday after I preached. He said, you know what the most important finger on your hand is? I was like, the ring finger. He's like, no. Pointing for you. He's like, no, it's your thumb. I said, really? He goes, yeah, take your thumb. And he took his thumb and put it under my chin. He said, you do this. You look to the hills. From whence cometh your help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And look up, people. When we start talking about the right perspective and singing, something good is about to happen. Even if it's bad, how many of you know when Satan does bad stuff in our life, God turns it around and it's good. Are y'all out there? And I, I'm, wanting, I'm wanting to create an atmosphere of faith. I'm wanting to create an atmosphere that says we know what's, when we have begun to see these things. 
So we have look, chosen to look up for our redemption is drawing nigh. Come on, somebody. Are you out there this morning? I got to close right here. Um, think about this. That passage, can you pull that up? Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. And then the question, where does my help come from? Lord, my Lord happens to be the maker of heaven and earth. I wish somebody would say amen. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. People read this passage and we've said it like, I lift my eyes to the hill from whence cometh my help. I lift my eyes to the hills or the mountains where my help comes from. That's not what it's saying. It says, I lift my eyes to the hills. And some people go, that was David going, I see the beauty of all that God has made. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the one who made these hills. I believe that that is possible. But I also think there's something other than that. Pick this up. It's David who is the king. This is after he became king. And he's saying, when I feel all disoriented, apocalyptic, I look up. And I, I look at those hills where I was the anointed king, but there was a fraudulent king who God was removing and I was having to run from that maniacal king and hide in those hills and in those caves. I lift my eyes to the hills and I look up and I see what God did in my life and how he protected me. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? It's uncanny even what's happening right now in our world. Let me close this sermon by saying, look up. Get a new perspective. Follow the instructions that Jesus has given us in apocalyptic crazy times. These three questions. What are you looking at? What have you been looking at? I know that's bad English. At what have you been looking, I should say? Ask yourself, do you think about what you're thinking about? What have you been looking at? Secondly, have you accepted that things are beyond your control? The things you see, they're beyond your control. Thirdly, do you believe that God is still in control? And that looking up in worship and prayer, and in prayer changes things. In the name of Jesus, stand with me this morning as the musicians come out. We're going to close this sermon, this worship time today, and I want to just... If you need prayer, I want you to feel free to come back or come and meet us here in the altar. If not, I, I feel that there's many this morning. Everybody look here. This, my prayer was that this would be an impartation. This would not be an intellectual experience this morning where we go, I understand that scripture and we get technical about it and understand how that could help us. My, my, my prayer this morning is that the word becomes carnate incarnate in you it, it, it lives in you and it's released and imparted to you and you conceive a new level of faith a new perspective in the name of Jesus how many of you were raised in the glasses half empty house you had a glasses half empty parent in the name of Jesus right now we just Lord we come against that that mindset that generational inheritance, those consequences of being raised where fear ruled and it, was, it masqueraded as wisdom. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that you would transform us. We would let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That we would be like the Apostle Paul who said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Pray always. And the peace of God, which... Passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And, and then he, he went on to say, whatever is true, noble, excellent, lovely, praiseworthy, admirable, think on these things. 
And just five verses later, it was where he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, if you raise your hand this morning, I want you to just raise your hands and say, Lord, I trust you. The glass is half full. You are sovereign. You are in control. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. Brothers and sisters, you are, you are actors in this Old Testament Bible story. And God is giving you New Testament Holy Spirit power and faith. Be built up in the name of Jesus. Oh God, raise up some radical faith. Raise up people of wisdom. People who know the days, the times, the season in which we live, oh God. Make us like Daniel. Make us like Joseph, Lord. May we have your word, your mindset, your heart for what you're doing in the day when it feels like everything's falling apart in the name of Jesus. How many of you will just come into agreement too? I want to ask you that this will be a church with an atmosphere that between now and next Sunday, the whole world could be turned right side up. That we have an atmosphere of faith in here that we believe something, if something good doesn't happen to us today, we're going to be shocked. Something good is about to happen. Come on, raise your hand. Tell yourself, tell three or four people around, something good's about to happen to you, to me, to the people behind us. How many of you believe it? We're not being cutesy in here this morning. Come on, shake off those heavy bands. Lift up holy hands. Shake off doubt and fear. Let faith be released in this place. Resurrection faith. Now, how do we do it? We keep our eyes on the one. We say, all hell, King Jesus. All hell, King Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We exalt you. All hail King Jesus. Come on. Woo! All hail the Lord of heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus. All hail the Savior of the world. All hail King Jesus. Come on, look to Him. Worship Him. All hail the Lord of heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus. All hail Come on. We, we worship you, Lord. All hail King Jesus. All
May you be conditioned this morning. May you be reconditioned as people of faith, people who believe the Bible is true. Barna's research, it came out in June, said evangelical pastors, only 37% of them have today a biblical worldview. No wonder the glass is half empty for many people. He's the God of resurrection power. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God in the fire with the three Hebrew children. He's the God in the pandemic. He's the God in 2022. He's the God who sent his son and whose son will return. And on his vestments will be written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he will return for his church. We are his bride. He loves us. You be secure. May you have your lamp filled with oil. In Jesus' name. Oh, I feel his presence in here. Glory to your name. Something good is about to happen to you. Tomorrow, next Sunday, we might need to pass the microphone. May there be 50 stories that go, you're not going to believe this, Pastor Chuck. Text me, email us. We want to hear them because we're going to overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testament, word of our testimony. God is up to something. I just feel like something. Don't get me started. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. So I just speak over these precious believers, this beautiful family, Lord, that by your spirit you have raised up for such a time as this in this community. Thank you for the glory cloud that remains over protecting us, providing for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May he continue to be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance up on you. May he give you peace that guards your heart and your mind in this season, that gives you joy and confidence and faith. We see what's going going on all around us, but we look up. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just say it. I receive it. How many absorb and you eat the word of God today? You weren't, you didn't come from shoulders up only. You came head and heart engaged. Transform us, Lord. The renewing of our mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We hope to see you Tuesday night at prayer, Wednesday night, and then Thursday. Don't forget the ladies' event, Laughter on the Lawn. Have a great afternoon, everybody.